We are coming in hot. The podcast. Welcome to Coming In Hot. Thank you live from Airplay Beats for the intro music. We are recording live from Darling New Media Studios in SAC. Now, for our season two premiere, we got the biggest guest on this one. We got Joe Blanton. And let me tell you a little bit about this guy. You might know him. You know, his, his signs are all around here. You know, he's he's in commercial real estate, Capital Rivers. But this guy right here, all you food truck guys that listen to this show coming in hot, this is the guy that you got to thank for getting you into those streets and being able to park and being able to do all the shit that you do on a daily basis. This guy worked his ass off for that next generation of food trucks. If you don't know who the hell I'm talking about right now, we talking about Joe Blanton of Crushed Burger, the pioneer of the food trucks in SAC. What up, Joe? What's up, Cecil? Hey, that was, uh, I really appreciate that. You came strong with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, man. Hey. It was, uh, it was no joke back in the day, though. <laughs> Those were some long... I tell that story about every week, I think. <laughs> when we first started, my my day began at 6 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and ended like at about 1 o'clock the next day mm -hmm. in the morning. And I would like have just enough time to like run home and like maybe catch a catch a couple hours of sleep, and it was... It was back to the grind again. So, yeah, it was, oh, it was, man. Those were, but those were good days. Those were good days. I, I remember when I when I first started, it was something like that. You know, you, you get up in the morning, you go to Cash and Carry, a restaurant depot, and then you get on the truck, you start prepping, and then you got that first shift, and then you got that second shift. Maybe you might stop somewhere in between just to, you know, get some, you know, get a couple dishes out, you know, and then you go to your lunch, your dinner spot. And maybe sometimes you at the late night spot. So sometimes you're just out, you know? So I want to take it back though, Joe, like, are you originally from SAC? Um, originally from the, the East Bay. So my parents moved uh, quite a bit. Uh, actually one time we, I was like, I was like five or six year old, six years old. And we moved like literally a block down the street. <laughs> And like five or six, you're like, mom or dad, like, what are we doing here? You know, what is this about? So, so Concord, Walnut Creek area is where I, uh, I grew up, but I actually went to high school out in Brentwood, uh, mm. in Northern California. Mm -hmm. Happened with just cornfield, uh, graduated from Liberty high school, but I've been in Sacramento since, wow, probably since around 2000 or so. Mm-hmm. And we, we do got something in common. Like when I was growing up, I, we actually moved two houses down. Like <laughs> we were, we were in a rental and then my parents bought the house a couple houses down. So yeah, I, I know that, I know that feeling where you're just like, wait, hold on. Like we were just right here. Now we're over here. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> pack up my, pack up my room to move a block. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I remember one of those moves. Yes, so Crush Burger. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you're in. You're a chef, and then, but food trucks aren't what they are right now. Why the hell did you go grab a food truck and start making burgers out of this? Because back then. It was just roach coaches, you know, like you'll see them at construction sites. You'll see them, you know, if you had work project, like I, I had a few times in life, you know, you got the roach coach there, you know, yeah. why go from the kitchen and then go into this market that nobody in Sacramento was doing it like you guys are doing it. What was the reason behind this, Joe? Yeah, I think the real reason is, is, uh, my so I had a partner, David, uh, 
we we started Crush Burger together. Mm-hmm. The reason is we didn't know what we were getting into. <laughs> we, Did, so, we, so were you know. were you like were you checking out like the food trucks in like L.A. because they are I think um, Koji came out what like 2006 or something like that, and he was just tweeting where he'll be and there'll be lines all the way down the block was that something that you had your ear to that you were yeah. watching yeah we were definitely uh watching what they were doing down in los angeles and kogi was was an example um, i mean i think the simple answer is is like you know david and i we we had some money to start crush burger but we didn't ha- we didn't we didn't have like a lot of money to like build out a restaurant and we just thought it, it would be a good opportunity for us to to get in relatively inexpensively and to, to like float on the idea that we thought was really cool, but like, Hey, let's, let's put it in a food truck and, and see if it sticks. And, and we were fortunate. We were very aware because when we were, when we were having, I mean, David and I would meet like once a week at a Starbucks off of Greenback because, because David was actually the corporate chef for Guy Fieri. Mm. Um, so we, we, he'd kind of sneak away. I think Monday might've been his day off, but anyways, we, we'd meet once a week. But we were very aware about trying to be the first, like what we called at the time, new era food truck in Sacramento, because we, we thought if we could be the first, we'd get a lot of media attention, mm-hmm. which turned out to be the case. And that mm-hmm. really helped us, uh, you know, basically propel us into the market and, and get, a, get a lot of, uh, of good, favorable media um, and, and a good start. Um, so. So yeah, we were looking at what they were doing down in Los Angeles. We didn't see anything up here and we're like, Hey, let's, let's give this a shot. Yeah. And why burgers? So it's funny. Cause when we were meeting at, at Starbucks, like we didn't start out like, Hey, we're going to create crush burger. Like we were talking about doing barbecue. We were talking about maybe, uh, you know, pizza, you know, barbecue, like both David and I really like barbecue, but it, as you know, and a lot of your, your guests will probably know is like, you got to get up really early to like get the barbecue going. Right. Sort of like, nah, forget that. Yeah. You got to stay up at night. (laughs) So I think ultimately the burger, like both David and I really love burgers and David at his culinary school, he, one of his projects, he had this idea of doing like mini burgers. And so we just, we just thought, okay, that's something a little bit unique and they're portable. So it goes with like the mobile food. And so we just started running with that and, test you know we used my my house as our test kitchen where we developed like all of our sauces and everything and so i think ultimately we just we sat on burgers because of it was a little easier to execute out of the truck um and we thought you know we like we love burgers and then we had a mini burger idea where we could we could put enough of a unique spin on burger to kind of make it our own yeah and you had how many different types of burgers did you have when you started when we first started, it was like, it was ridiculous. So we always had like, we always had like four, we didn't, again, we didn't know what we were doing, right? Getting mm-hmm. on the food truck. Dave and I were both used to cooking out of like regular restaurant kitchens. Yeah. No, so no propane. Had, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You learned that real quick. <laughs> I think we had like four or five styles of burgers. Um, but what we had also is we had a beef option. We had a Buffalo option. We had, we made our own, uh, vegetarian patty at the time when we first started and we had two different types of buns and so you could imagine when we get tickets in it was like i'll have a of an og with beef no onions and then i'll have a cowbell on buffalo (laughs) so it's just like way too many and and to add insult to injury like we had salads too (laughs) you're being chefy because when I started Cecil's Taste, that's exactly what I did. I'm like, I'm doing everything that I couldn't do in this restaurant. I'm going to do it on this food truck until you light that damn pilot and nothing happens. We completely, our menu was way too big. And so like in a short time, like we got rid of the wheat buns. You know, at the time, the, the vegetarian patty, the veggie option wasn't a thing. So we, we got rid of that, the buffalo. We basically just got down to like our beef patty. And then we would do like what we called featured uh, burgers. And so 
every now and then we we'd introduce another protein but yeah no we got our menu uh right sized uh relatively quickly <laughs> our ticket times were horrendous like it was, it was like people would wait like 45 minutes for a burger it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was not sustainable it was crazy yeah, you know, it, <laughs> oh man, that story just brought me back to those first days of Cecil's Taste. <laughs> it's got this huge menu, this little fryer. I don't know, did you have those, the truck fryer when you first got there? The one that was like kind of this exp- suspended and there's really no like bottom to it. And it was <laughs> exactly, we had the, it was Weiss was the manufacturer. Weiss, yep, yep, and, yep. <laughs> So we had, that's what we were doing, you know, in like half of, we had a 36 inch grill and like half of it got hot enough to actually cook a burger. The other half we had used for like to toast the buns. And yeah, so we, yeah, all the, all the challenges everyone, everyone else had, we, we had starting out. So, so started like, uh, again, like starting out, like, where were you guys going? Like, what was your, what was your mentality? What was your plan when, you know, like, all right, we got the, where'd you get the food truck from? We, we found it and we ended up finding one in Elk Road. Okay. It was a, a a taqueria truck previously. Um, That was a whole, that's a whole nother story, but like we would go (laughs) into some pretty sketch areas like searching for our food truck. We ended up finding like one that was in good condition and out of Elk Grove and then just rehabbed it. Um, but as far as like locations go, you know, we are fir- the, the, the first day we opened was on Fulton Avenue. And at the time it was the, I think the Audi dealership was actually on Fulton at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that was our first location. So we would, we would go to business owners on like busy streets and basically ask them if we could like park our truck there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what we would do. Um, because at the time we couldn't, we could, we were still, there were still some like ordinances down in Sacramento mm-hmm. in the city proper that, that were prohibitive to like our style of cooking um, and because we couldn't just, you know, we weren't, we weren't grab and go like, so, the, so we, we couldn't park downtown, um, properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would partner with businesses or go to, uh, you know, large, uh, large, uh, employment areas with, with high density office, like in Rancho Cordova, there was a site that we, I think it still might be, I forget what, what street it's on. It's been a while, but the white rock. Yeah. White rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. White rock. Yeah. So like a lot of the, like some of the, they still sustain themselves today. A lot of these original locations, and it was just a lot of like trial and error. There were mm-hmm. some locations that worked and there were quite a few locations that, that didn't work. Um, but it was just that, you know, beyond like all of what you were mentioning before, just like the day to day, going to, going to cash and carry, going to the bank to get, to get cash, all of these other things. Like we were having to like, basically find locations to there was no you know sacto mofo at the early stages didn't exist Mm -hmm. so we were just like like making calls and doing a lot of work trying to like figure out like hey where are we going to park this yeah so you know one of the things that you kind of mentioned was the the parking and you couldn't park downtown talk to us because we had Paul on here earlier and he said, you know, like there's, you know, there's an ordinance on food trucks, not being able to park downtown and you guys teamed up and, you know, is this before the, um, the big first Sacto Mofo event or did, is that where you guys met or was it a little bit after how, how did the, because you guys went to war with, restaurants in Sacramento over parking. You know what I mean? So that's why, that's why I'm always like, this is the dude that made it happen for all you other guys, you know? And I don't even think most of the people know, especially the new trucks coming out right now. They don't know nothing about crush burger and we'll, we'll get into where you guys are now later, but what, how did you even know that you couldn't park down there and how did you hook up with Paul and, you know, go to war for the food trucks? 
Yeah. I mean, we didn't, we didn't learn that we couldn't park down there until code, code enforcement showed up and told us that like, you know, some restaurateur had like called us in and yeah, it, it became a it, early on. I think the restaurants were at the time we opened during the, the great recession, if you want to call it that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so restaurants were struggling. I think they didn't really, it, it just like, like, like so many things, if you don't understand, you don't know about something and you don't really understand it, you view it even more as a threat. Mm-hmm. So restaurants thought that, um, that we were going to cannibalize their business where it turns out that like, you know, if you're respectful, we never parked like directly in front of restaurants or close to restaurants. We, we did a really good job of staying free and clear of like, of restaurants. But still, they were they looked at us as a, a complete threat, mm-hmm. and you know, code enforcement. They had they had deeper pockets and ties with the, the the political folks at the city. So we, you know, code enforcement was basically following us all the time of where we would go. So we we really couldn't operate down there. And I think we just got one Sacto Mofo. Paul came online. We started a conversation, and then we just started like. You know, Paul fortunately had political connections at the city. And so, so together we started basically talking with those folks and kind of like explaining, you know, who we are, what we do. Hey, we're complimentary. We can be complimentary. We can coexist with restaurants. Cause it's, I remember like, especially in the winter months, like our guests would come to our truck and we, you know, and they're basically outside in the elements. It's cold, it's raining. And that's a completely different like dining experience than like going into somebody's restaurant, mm-hmm. right? You're either like down with like eating your food in the rain on the sidewalk, or I'm going to go in where it's nice and warm, yes. like I can sit at a table. Mm-hmm. So it, it was always, I tried to talk with, and it wasn't all restaurant people, by the way, too. So it's easy to put everybody in a bucket. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Randall Selland actually was was a big proponent of what we were doing and, 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 and helped us quite a bit. You know, the, the big initial Sacto Mofo, uh, and food truck, uh, um, I forget what he all used to call it, but anyways, the first big food truck event in Sacramento was at, at 16th and I Street at mm-hmm. Fremont Park and Randall Selwyn actually, um, at, during the, 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 the festival, he like got, got out and talked and basically said, Hey, like we can all coexist. And like, this is a way food trucks are a way for, for people, for, for chefs or for business people with a good idea to kind of like, see, is it basically is as entrepreneurial as you can get. Right. Mm-hmm. So he was a, a big help and a big proponent, but, but yeah, we, so Paul and I, Paul and I, and then as other trucks came online, we, we basically like would meet with city officials and, and eventually we were able to, to get them to, to change the, the ordinances and, and we were able to find a way to, to, to coexist. Yeah, uh, that was, man, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I never, I never knew the, the Randall Sellings piece. I, I kind of grouped them into everybody else, you know, <laughs> because uh, when, when I came around in 2014, it was still, you know, we couldn't go anywhere downtown unless there was like a, you know, a MoFo event or concert in the park or something like that. It just, it had to have a permit along with it for us to do anything downtown. But, you know, now it's uh, the hundred foot rule. Um, and like you said, we were never, you know, disrespectful, you know, like if we, you know, like we'll go down the street on in downtown, but go all the way towards the jail or something like that, you know, and just post where we are. Um, I, and I think like a lot of restaurateurs back then, they, 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 they didn't understand that part. Just like you said, you know, this, you put it so greatly is that we're not the same as a sit down restaurant. Like if you're going to a food truck, you really want that food because you know, we're in Sacramento. So one day it'll be 110, the next day it'd be 55 and raining. You know what I mean? (laughs) We didn't even even talk about the summer months when it's like 110 out. Yeah, exactly. You don't want crush burger if you're going to be outside it's 110. Yeah, exactly. So you can only imagine what it feels like inside that bitch for sure. (laughs) uh, On that note, one time we were, 
we were out in front of Cowper's and uh, Casey is like, I don't know, it was like probably 110, 112 out, outside, inside the truck. It was a lot hotter than that. And KCRA, KCRA3 like knocked on my back door. They're like, hey, we're, we're doing a piece on like, you know, hot jobs in the hot weather. Can we come in the crew truck and film? And I was like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I could see is like, you know, the next day or that night on, on KCRA, you know, like, like, look at this is Crush Burger and the, the inhumane, uh, you know, labor practices and all of this stuff. Oh, man, the, the, the cheese on the cutting board. <laughs> <laughs> it got, it got, yeah. So, like the, the food truck experience and the, uh, the restaurant experience are two different things for that. Totally the different. And, you know, like I, you're, you're just like me, you know, like you come from this restaurant and you get into the food truck and you're like, what the hell is going on here? You know, like, especially with the type of truck you have, my first truck, same thing. It, it's, it's made for one person. You know, it's made for one person taking orders and one person cooking. So you put anybody else into that small space, you're going to be touching places. And <laughs> everybody gets to know each other. Yeah, everybody gets to know each other really well in the food trucks, especially the old school ones. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Crush Burger, first food truck. What did you think when you start seeing – you know, Drewski's come about, Chondo's, and then after that, you got that second wave, Bacon Mania, and, you know, Cola Nerdy. I think he was Papa Dell's back then. Like, what What were you thinking? Were you, were you happy? Were you like, damn, there's competition? Like, what were you, what was your mindset? Because we're going to talk about you scaling after this because, I think when I came around 2014, you guys were kind of inching your way out of the food truck scene. So what did you think about when you start seeing, uh, you know, Chando's Drewski coming, coming your way. And then you start getting into the burger trucks like Papa Dell and, um, bacon mania and those guys. Yeah. We, we honestly never, like we, we were grateful that like there were more trucks coming online. We didn't really view them as direct competition. Like, David and I always have the mindset that like if we do what we're supposed to do and we're good operator, good operators, we, we serve a good product and we do it consistently well, we basically take care of what we need to take care of that there's always going to be opportunity for us. And so with, with these additional trucks like Drewski's and Chondo's originally, it helped. We viewed it as like definitely an asset because then there was, there was more trucks out there basically uh, going because one of the things that we had to do early on is we would go up against the typical stereotype of like the, the old roach coaches, mm -hmm. things of that sort. So the the more of these new era quote unquote trucks that came online, it just helped like um, tell the story that hey, food trucks aren't what they used to be and that they're different now. So that was uh, that was very helpful, and we were you know, and we found out honestly. Um, that when we congregated together and created more of like a destination where, where, uh, where our guests could like either sample, you know, different items from all of our trucks that we would grow more of a following to those locations. All so, right. Yeah, it definitely was a uh, complimentary. And back then, were you guys wrapping your trucks or you, did you have the vehicle wraps already? Yeah, even on our even on our 1970s food truck, we put a wrap on it. So it, you know, the, some of the like diamond plate on the exterior came through, but yeah, we were we were always wrapping it. Okay, and um, you know, so you, you're you're going strong, and then you get this opportunity. Um, did you build out your commissary first, or did you get the lottery building first? No, we built our commissary out first. Um, so David and I, because we were from came from restaurants, um, we we really saw a lot of value in kind of having our own place where we could do some food prep. And so we actually built out our commissary. We never operated out of Thais or Ramona, which were the only two options at the time. Mm -hmm. So we so we had a place on North 10th Street that we built out. Um, I think game day grill, uh, might operate out of there today. Yeah, I believe they so, do. Uh, 
So yeah, we, and we wanted to be able to, to also kind of like be able to receive some deliveries like a typical restaurant would as well to kind of ease up on like the day-to-day -day purchasing activities. So we, uh, no, we started the commissary right out of the gate. We always had the, the commissary with, uh, with our original food truck. And then I think about, so that was 2010. And I think we opened up the lottery building like in 2012. So a couple of years later, we got the opportunity because the lottery was just across the street pretty much. And we got word that they were looking for a, a food operator to be on the ground floor. And so we put in like a, a proposal and then we ended up getting uh, getting accepted. And that turned out to be a, a really good way for us to get our foot in the door on a, a traditional brick and mortar location. All right. And then Roseville. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was actually, so it was, it was Sacramento. And then, and then we get a call like on our food truck from a gentleman that said, I want to open crush burger in Dubai. <laughs> and I get these phone calls all the time, yeah, Joe. I get them all the time. <laughs> was it a hang up or was it, you know, like what? <laughs> we thought it was, uh, we honestly thought it was like somebody from Drewski or China. <laughs> so, uh, so we had, uh, we had a few different phone calls with this gentleman. And then long story short, it was right as when we, uh, we opened our Sacramento location, this gentleman flew out from Dubai, showed up unannounced, spent about two weeks here in Sacramento so at the end of the day, we're like, well, one, we don't nothing about Dubai. <laughs> Two, we don't even know if we can, we can pull it off. So, you know, we're interested, but you got to fly us over there so we can see if this can work. And we ended up, uh, he bought us plane tickets and we flew over there. And, you know, it turns out, you know, Cheesecake Factory was there. Uh, Macaroni Grill was there. So all the, all the infrastructure and distribution was already in place and crush burger, we would make everything like scratch. So mm -hmm. we were using whole ingredients so we could, we could pretty much source the majority of our menu already from, from what existed there. Um, we would, I, we just ended up having to import a few different items, uh, which was like an interesting, interesting, uh, learning process for us. Um, so yeah, so we ended up, we did, I think we, the, we, we partnered in Dubai before, before the Roseville location opened. Um, but yeah, we, uh, so Dubai, you know, from, from food truck to like, you know, to right across the street to the lottery building to Dubai, like why not? Yeah. So, and he opened up like two right away, right? It wasn't like just a one-off. It was just like, let me get two of those. So, right. yes. so the way that, so we actually, that spurred us to get our franchise documents because we wanted to make sure we had a, like a legitimate contract in place. Mm -hmm. So the initial agreement was that he was going to have three locations. So um, he opened up a location in Dubai, opened up a location in Abu Dhabi, which is a neighboring city, and then opened up a third one, another one in Dubai that had, is a drive through concept. And then Today, there's actually with our original partner. So the, the agreement was is they would have the, the territorial rights to all of the United Arab Emirates. And mm. so today they have uh, five operating crush burgers over there. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, man. So pretty, pretty wild story. Yeah, I'm super <laughs> jealous. I always tell you how jealous am I, uh, I am. We're going to get natural problems. <laughs> you know, I'm ready, baby boy. <laughs> yeah, I think I told you this. You might actually. That's okay. You already heard me. I said the more the merrier mindset. But uh, they uh, over there, like almost 50% of our burger sales are, are chicken option. So you get same styles like our OG or cowbell or Philly style. But, but with like a fried chicken uh, burger instead of a beef. So they, they love chicken. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm down. I am down. Hey, uh, so you got you got the one location, Roseville. Um, the, the lottery building's no more. Um, five in the United Arab Emirates. What else you got going with Crush Burger? What's the next move? The next, the next move is, uh, so we're, we got something brewing here domestically that I can't 
quite talk about yet um, okay. with, a, with a pretty unique partnership that's pretty exciting. Um, and then the other part is like I, I actually started like reaching out to other uh, uh, hospitality groups in in the in the Gulf, in the GCC, the Gulf countries like Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Qatar, Kuwait, because we have all. I was talking to Dave in like last week. We all we we almost have like close to ten years with our partner in the UAE. And so we've got a really good story to tell. They've been successful over there. Um, so, you know, it just seems like natural to like, try to like build our presence over there a little bit more in some of the other countries. And, you know, why haven't we done it is honestly, we just haven't like focused on it. So mm -hmm. that's kind of like what we're, what we're working on now uh, overseas uh, heavily. And then, you know, we are working on something uh, here domestically, just a little premature to, to mention. All right. Always, always grinding over there. And so we got the successful burger empire going on. And then you said, you know what, let me, let me let, make my life a little bit harder and get into a commercial real estate and deal with assholes like Cecil Capital Rivers commercial real estate. How the hell did you go from the food truck, the, our kitchens, you got Cisco in there somewhere, you're a rep, and all the way <laughs> to the food truck to uh, commercial real estate. All right, now I'm in commercial real estate. How are you all over the place, Joe? You sound like me. <laughs> when you say it out loud. <laughs> sounds a little, little ridiculous. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we would just, you know, I'm always go, go, go. So maybe we weren't opening enough uh, crush burger locations. I just got bored or something. So it was, I mean, it's actually really complimentary. I'd say this is complimentary because, you know, one, I, I now I, I look at, you know, future crush burger sites a little bit differently than I had because I'm a little bit more experienced. But but also just being able to like, I, as you know, I work with a, a lot of restaurant clients, like help them find locations. And I think the it helps me being a, a restaurant owner myself. I, I look at things a little bit, you know, maybe differently and I'm a little bit more uh, sensitive to like the, the owner's needs because I understand that like, it's just not a deal. It's like, this is somebody's like livelihood and, and that they're going to sign like a long-term lease. And then they're probably going to spend you know, like thousands, more likely hundreds of thousands of dollars to like improve this space that they don't even own. Right. So um, I think, uh, you know, there, there is some, it is all my experience with like working with Cisco foods and then with crush burger, it, it is complementary to the, to the commercial real estate part. Cause for a, for a large part, I do work with like restaurant owners like yourself and like help to, you know, whether it's like independent restaurant owners that have one or a couple locations or. I do have some clients that have like, you know, 40 locations and it's really rewarding because I can, I can, I can help them basically, you know, map out and, you know, be a part of like where they're going to, to grow their brand. And so that part's like really re rewarding for me. And I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it, but, but yeah, it is, I do have like, like you a lot on my plate. But, I mean, what are, what are we going to do, Cecil? I am not going to like, like, I'm not just, I'm not wired that way of just like sitting at home, like sitting on the couch, you know, every now and then I watch some baseball games and football games and like, you know, it's fun, but like after two hours, I'm, I'm like bored. So yeah. I, I think it's just the way we're wired. Yeah. My, my wife, I always tell her, I'm like, I, I can't wait to get this thing just rolling and I'm going to be out and I'm going to be, you know, like, in Fiji, so you're like, your ass ain't doing nothing. You're going to be doing something else. You're going to be out there. <laughs> she always calls me out on it. And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to get about five of these going, and then I'm done. You know? <laughs> She's like, nah. Just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least I'm trying. At least I said <laughs> I'm putting it out in the yeah. ether. 
You know. <laughs> so what what are some of the <laughs> what are some of the differences and similarities of what you're doing right now to the food industry? Because you, you like you said before, you're kind of still in the realm because you you're finding restaurants for people. But is is there anything similar to what you're doing? You know, right now to what you're doing in the restaurant. As far as like. I'm not sure I, I was falling, but it's, oh, just like, is there anything like you know similar to you know the real estate and the restaurant game that you know like it was kind of seamless to you know go from restaurant to real estate? Yeah, I mean, I I think the the whole part of like just acquiring the location um, is is you know in 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 hindsight, like when we were opening up um, Crush Burger locations. You know, we had a we had a, a good commercial broker that helped us out, but there was a lot of information that still I didn't know while we were going through the process. And so, you know, some people don't want to know anything, but I think a lot of people like like to understand like what they're really getting into and kind mm-hmm. of like having a sounding board. So, so I always so I I think that that helps with doing the real estate part. Um, the fact that um, I can like I'll give you an example. So, mm-hmm. We opened up a location in Rockland and we knew nothing about like what a, what a sewer and impact fee is. Mm. Basically the space we were going into was not a, a restaurant previously. And so typically when you go into a space that maybe operates another, another business, but you're going to be operating a restaurant out of it, you get hit with a sewer and impact fee. In this case, it was like $50,000, like out of the blue, like we get hit with this fee. We were able to negotiate it down, but, but I think that's like one of the things like I learned at, you know, do building out restaurants that I try to share with my clients and try to like, you know, at least make them aware of like, Hey, there is such a thing as a sewer impact fee thing. And let's address it. Let's see if we can get the landlord to, to, to maybe take care of that for you. Or if they can't take care of that for you, let's, let's find a way to maybe help them reimburse some of those costs. So I think there's a lot of like uh, synergy between um, the you know working in and owning Crush Burger and also helping other restaurant owners um, find locations because for the most part people aren't as crazy as like you know you and me and they just like stick with one thing and they're just they just don't know but I think that there's a definitely a benefit because because I've, I've walked in their shoes, I've done what they're about to do or have done. And I can like, again, bring some experience to the table that maybe, you know, your typical uh, person in commercial real estate, they just haven't experienced it. Before, mm-hmm. So they're, they're not as aware of it. So. Do you try to talk people out? Cause I always try to talk people out of shit. Like I just had all of our calling all dreamers um, contestants on here and I, 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 I truly do. I'm like, why, you know, like, why do you want to do it? Like you're, you're doing so well, just in your little space. Like, why do you want to blow it up? Do you ever get like that? And just be like, you know, like you're about to spend your whole life savings on somebody else's building, you know, like, and you, you've worked with me before. I I'm like, I need everything, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't ever, I, I call it crushing someone's dream. I don't, I don't ever crush their dream. However, I do give them the full, honest, unfiltered, like, this is what you're really getting into. Because, I mean, if I've been, it'll be next year, I'll be married 20 years. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like the first two years of starting Crush Burger, like I didn't see my wife, I didn't see my son, like ever, like really ever. And I think it was just that you're building a brand. You're, you're just, there's no substitute for like being there. You can't be absent, right? You mm-hmm. have to, and it, this sounds horrible, but you have to prioritize things. And yes. unfortunately, when you start a business, sometimes that has to be the priority and other things that should be the first priority have to take the back seat. So I, I tell it, I, I lay it all out, you know, because there were in those early years of crush burger there, were, you know, I was just telling you, I'd get done like at one o'clock in the morning. I'd be driving home and I could tell by the, the tone of the text messages, messages from my wife that things weren't like totally cool. 
So like there were certain nights I would be driving home and I'm sure as shit that everything I own is on the front lawn in flames, you know, <laughs> because, you know, just most people don't like understand the attraction of mm-hmm. just like working all the time. Mm-hmm. On so, yeah. And I, I explained that to people that like, Hey, there, you, you know, the, the you know, restaurant business is notorious for, uh, for, you know, people going out of business, you know, within the first couple of years. And then the food truck, I always say this too, on the food truck end, like food trucks, in my opinion, are, are 10 times more difficult to operate than a traditional brick and mortar location. Mm. You just have like so many moving parts in the food truck that I think get underestimated. It's a little bit different now, maybe with, with, with like, you know, Sakamofos of the world, like can set up the events, takes that piece off of your plate. Mm-hmm. But, but still, there's a, I think there's a lot more movie. There are more moving parts to operate a food truck successfully than a, and then a brick and mortar location. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't hold anything back because if, if I don't scare them off, I guess, and they decide <laughs> that they're going to like stick with it, then, you know, maybe, maybe it's the right decision for them. No. And you know, that's the, that's the one thing. And just piggybacking off of, you know, what you and your wife are going through. Like I I went through it too. It's one of those things where, you know, especially being a chef in general, you just have to get that out of the way first. You gotta, especially if they're not in the industry, like my wife wasn't in the industry and I had to like explain to her, like, yeah, I don't come home at five. Like this doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I had many of those conversations when I was actually just cooking for somebody at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. My wife would ask me, "Hey, so what time are you going to be home?" And early on, I made the mistake. Oh, I think I'll be home like about 10, 30, 11. <laughs> never, never once was I home at that time. So finally, I was like, "Well, what time are you going to be home?" Well, I'm going to be home when when I get home. Yeah, you know? and, and they I, don't like that either. No. They don't like that one either. Oh, I, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I was like, the fucking kitchen could catch on fire. Who knows? Like, you you can't, it's never the right answer, you know? And and even when you do say that, it's still, like, for some reason, it it just doesn't click, especially if you're dating somebody outside the uh, the restaurant industry. It's just, they, they don't get it. And it's not for them to get. It's for the people that are in the restaurant industry to get like, you know, like, but you do have to, you know, anybody out there that's listening, if you're single, just tell whoever you're dating, this is what I do. This is my life, you know, and it, uh, it, uh, it, it will, uh, relieve a lot of, uh, anger, <laughs> I guess you would say, like, yeah. you know, it, 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 it won't always work, but it works. 99.5% of the time. Yeah. I mean, just the last on that, like, so I, I was fortunate to cook in New York city. And so a, a, a few years ago, there was a, a article in the New York times, basically the life of a cook in New York city. And it, I would start my, I would start my day at 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then my, it, it wouldn't end until like, I think in New York, we would serve up until like 11, 1130 in the evening. Then, you know, you clean the kitchen, we get out of there, maybe like, you know, one, one thirty. Then you do know, everybody's so amped up. Like they're you generally go out to the bars and in New York city, the bars stay open a little later than they do here in California. And then you just get up and do it all over again. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely, you know, it's not, you see like the food network and it gets glamorized, you know, the, the, chef, <laughs> the chef lifestyle. Like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched a lot of food TV when I was coming up, but uh, just, just like a kid, I think it was when it was still food TV. It wasn't the food network. And I used to watch it all the time. And I, I never thought I would be a chef just because my parents always say, you know, chefs are alcoholics and drug addicts and, you know, yes, I did become both, but you know, <laughs> I still got a life out of it too, you know, <laughs> but you know, like it, it did glamorize it. And then when I went to culinary school and the reason why CCA isn't around right now is because they did tell you that they're like, yeah, you could be Bobby Flay. Why not? Yeah. you After you're done with this, you're going to be the sh- executive chef of, you know, four seasons Maui. 
oh, cool. Yeah, I want to do this. And then you go through it and they, they spit you out and you just have like a $12 an hour job, you know, or, or working for free and you're living in San Francisco. So shit just didn't add. And this is back in 2005, Joe. So you can only imagine what my $1,200 a month, one bedroom cost in, in the city right now. You know, it might be ten thousand. You you got your finger on the pulse, so you know <laughs> you can look up nine two five Gary. See how much those are going for now. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the the nicer the restaurant, unless you're like the head chef, the lower the pay. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. I uh, I staged, which is you know worked for free mm-hmm. at the French Laundry. Fortunately, mm-hmm. and I remember at the time I was living in Davis. I got home and I the only thing open at the time was In and Out Burger in Davis. So I'm going through the drive-through In and Out, and I think I don't know what year this was, but it was like they were still starting. Starting pay was like nine dollars an hour or mm-hmm. something. And I literally like I was working for free, but had I got had I took a position at the French Laundry of all places, I think my pay would have been like four dollars and fifty cents an hour. Yep. You know? Yep. Just that to your point, they don't tell you that in culinary school. No. Right? So. And they and they send you out to these places like I didn't know what a stage was either. Like I, I I'm sure you knew, but I didn't know what a stage was. I was at Aqua Michael Mina's first restaurant, and I was like, I just asked the I think it was like a cook, and I was just like, Hey, um, when do we get paid here? And they're like, Aren't you a stage? I was like, Yeah. And they're like, Oh, you don't get paid. So I so I put my knife bag by the back door and this I didn't smoke cigarettes at the time, but I was told like the sous chef, hey, I'm about to go out back and smoke a cigarette. And he's like, Yeah, whatever. Grab my bag, never never went back. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I was 25 at the time. I needed to get paid. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, but I want to do uh I want to do a real quick top five and then we'll get out of here with our coming in hot. Um, but um you're a traveler. I see you all around. Give me top five burger joints. Ooh, and you can't say crush burger. <laughs> we already know it's delicious. Top five. All right. Well, let's see here. I'll go. I I still in and out because I'm California, so mm-hmm. I am an in and out guy. So I'll say in and out is good. Um, where else? There's so the, I haven't been to the brick house in El Dorado Hills, but they used to be Brick Yard, I believe. They had a, a killer burger. Mm. El Dorado Hills, uh, Pangea in Sacramento. Great burger. Killer killer burger. That's three. Let's see two more. Uh, wow. Maybe you're just gonna get three. I'll think of one. I'll think <laughs> of the, my two other ones. But those are those are the ones that come to mind. Right. All right, you're gonna have to text me that. I want to know. All right, so this is our last segment. This is our coming in hot segment. So this is your segment to get anything off your chest that you want to get. It could be political. We just had somebody over here talking about how face masks are the devil. You know, like <laughs> it could be, it could be funny. It could be about burgers. It could be about anything that you want. So Joe, it is time to come in hot. What you got? Oh man. What am I going to, what am I going to pick here? I, I'm going to, you know what? Hold on. Hold on one sec. One sec. I'm going to think I, it just popped in, but then it popped out. That's what happens when you get, when you get older, you know, here's what I, here's my, here's my rant. Okay. This is kind of a little bit restaurant, a little bit commercial real estate. Okay. So like every restaurant guy that, that I helped find a location, they want to know what the former restaurant guy was doing in sales. And like, are you kidding me? If they were doing good sales, this space wouldn't be available for you. So what the hell are you talking about? Right? Like, so this is, there's nothing. And this is so common. So common. Everybody, Joe, what are they doing? Or not what they thought, what the old tenant was doing, but what the tenants next to them are doing. Like, I don't know. Are they good operators? Maybe they're good operators. Maybe they suck. And maybe that's why they're, their sales are shit. Right? So let me ask you, you know, all right, so so the former tenant was doing five hundred thousand dollars a year in sales when they should have been doing a million and a half. Mm-hmm. They're a shitty operator. 
So are you planning on being a shitty operator? Because if you're planning on being a shitty operator, then maybe you shouldn't rent the space, you know? So I, that is the biggest, like, pet peeve that I have in our industry is, like, like it doesn't matter what somebody else was doing. Like, like what can you do, mm -hmm. right? Can you do it or not do it, you mm -hmm. know? And so that, yeah, you just got me worked up. I came in hot there for you. <laughs> that was hot. I just get so tired. Like, be confident, right? Like, just be confident in your brand. Be confident in what you're doing. Yeah, you're going to take lumps around the road, uh, down the road. But, you know, especially right now, staff shortage, you know, like there, there's not too many people out there, you know, like even with me, you know, downtown, we're only open five days a week. It's not because I don't want to be open, you know, like seven days, you know, 12 hours a day. I don't have the people, you know what I mean? I'm only one person in six different locations to, you know, be, be watching over, you know what I mean? So it's, it's just one of those things right now where, you know, like just be that good operator, have your vision, stay with your vision. If you got a business plan, you know, you, you, the business plan is okay, but you're going to have to be a little bit more strategic at how you go about these kind of things, you know, like, especially right now, like you, you gotta be, you gotta have big balls to like, that's why I like these calling all dreamers because they gotta be delusional first. They gotta have big balls second because it is hard to open a damn business right now. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it, especially if you're selling something too. Like it's anything. You know, you got the ports backed up. Oh, I'm coming in hot now, so I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> Joe, you got anything to plug, man? You know, your uh, capital real estate, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, if, if if anyone's you know looking needs help finding the locations, uh, you know, hit me up. I'd be more than happy to to help. I mean, we we talked about it quite a bit, but you know, use some of my experience and some of my mistakes, and maybe don't let me help you not make the same. But mm -hmm. but uh, I have a you know that's kind of I it's pretty obvious, right? We we love this industry. We love the food industry. So I'd be more than happy to help uh, any restaurant folks out there looking for for locations. I just genuinely enjoy doing that. So. All right. And this is Chef Cease at Coming In Hot. If you want those delicious, beautiful, mouth-watering chicken sandwiches, www.nashandproper.com, at nashandproper, at nashandproper.eg, at Chef Cease if you want to holler at me directly. Please subscribe to everywhere that you listen to podcasts. I will see you next week. Love you. Peace.